We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Blue Wire. New England sending QB Jimmy Garoppolo to 49ers. We believe we found the right guy. Garoppolo, quick pass, caught by Kittle. He dives, and he's in. Touchdown, 49ers. Kittle is going to go. Touchdown. What is up, everybody? Welcome again to Striking Gold. A brand new 49ers podcast on the Blue Wire Network. My name is Rob Lauder. I'm one half of your hosts. I cover the 49ers for NinersNation.com. And I am joined by none other than the host of the press coverage podcast, also on the Blue Wire Network, Mr. Eric Crocker. What's going on, my guy? Uh, Nothing, man. Just hanging out. I just can't wait for uh, the Cowboys preseason game to come. I think right, I, we'll I, like I, six days away. Just, yeah, I mean, was it like next Saturday? Right. Yep. Yeah. So yeah, I'm excited for that. But uh, yeah, right now, man, just you know, taking in all this good content everybody's putting out. You know, I'll be back at practice on Thursday uh, on the field with you guys. But um, exciting times, man. It sounds like the rookies are all pretty doing pretty good, man. Like that's just that's a big plus right there. Right, right. They've, uh, yeah. Well, I mean, we'll get into that a little bit later. But yeah, it's true. Now that now that you mention it, somebody else mentioned that on Twitter earlier. It seems like all of the rookies going pretty deep into the draft class are starting to starting to find their groove, which would be a a pretty big bonus for for John Lynch. But so today, our plan is we're going to recap a little bit of news. We're going to go over some of the the more recent happenings at training camp. Crocker and I were here um, breaking down the entire roster about three or four days ago. Uh, so we're going to hit that, just hit some of the more recent news. And then the majority of this episode is going to be spent answering your questions. Um, me and Crocker put out on Twitter a little earlier today that we were going to do a mailbag episode of Striking Gold, and that is what we're going to do. So we're going to talk a little bit about what's going down, and then we're just going to get to your questions, and we'll basically spend the rest of the episode talking about those, um, giving them some deep thoughts, some analysis going back and forth. Um, if you don't follow either of us on Twitter, which would be weird if you didn't follow either of us, um, but my handle is at Rob underscore louder. That's L-O-W-D-E-R. And then you have Eric, who's at Eric underscore Crocker. And his name is easier to spell than mine. You should be able to figure that one out. <laughs> um, yeah. So we just finished today. We just finished day eight. So, and the players will get a day off tomorrow. That is, that's two four-day chunks. They've done it in, in groups of four. So they went four days on, one day off, and now they've done another four days on 
and tomorrow they will get their second day off of training camp. So it's a good time to kind of go over things. Uh, the first thing that I guess you could say I'd like to remind everyone, I'm sure you guys listening have already seen all the stuff that's going down. You're probably just as much up with the news as we're bringing it to you. But in case you hadn't heard, Nick Bosa, as far as training camp is concerned, the 49ers number two overall pick this year, uh, he's kind of the real deal. And Nick Bosa, who, who's that? Who's I don't know, man. I don't know. <laughs> you got to really be plugged into the team to know who Nick Bosa is. Right. But he has been doing his thing. And, you know, the one thing you hear a lot of rookies talk about, doesn't matter if they're the second overall pick, is and even really not even rookies, any player on the roster, especially those competing for a roster spot, they'll talk about stacking good days together. You know, having a good day on Tuesday and then having a good day on Wednesday, then having a good day on Thursday. Uh, that's how you kind of build some momentum and establish your spot. It's like a, you know, a playmaker, a valuable member of the team. Well, that has been Bosa all the way so far. Today, what is it? The days start to blend together. Sunday, it is Sunday. Today, Bosa's big play came on towards the end of the practice. The 49ers started doing a one-minute drill. This is the first time they've done this during training camp, uh, where the clock reads one minute, the score reads 27-28, and they need to get within field goal range within a minute um, to you know to take the lead, to, to win the game. The 49ers did it with Jimmy Garoppolo. I think it was in 2017, but they had that really sweet video against the Titans, I think it was, where Jimmy just marched right down, kicked the field goal, won the game. Well, it's basically that. Well, in the first play of this one-minute drill, I don't know. One, I'm not entirely percent, 100% certain it was George Kittle because anybody who's watched training camp knows that it is just utter chaos along the offense and defensive line. It's hard to watch. But I'm fairly certain that someone decided it would be a good idea to try and block Nick Bosa with George Kittle. And I think they probably thought this was a good idea because the play was actually going left and Bosa was lined up on the right. The offense but even in, not, not, not to cut you off, but even in, George Kittle is probably the best blocking tight end in the league. So I, I don't think it's too far-fetched to say, you know what, um, hey, let's have Kittle, you know, kind of chip him or block him and, you know, he'll do well because he has he has done well against most guys. It just maybe both is a little different. <laughs> it's true. It's true. I don't want to discredit discredit Kittle because he loves blocking just as much as he love he loves catching. He'd probably tell you he loves blocking more. But the 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 more I think about it, the more impressive part of this play is the ball was the, the run was actually going left, and Nick Bosa was lined up on the offense's right or the defense's left, and he Kittle was on him. And I think Kittle probably only needed to hold Bosa off for a couple seconds just so the play could kind of pass them by. Well, Bosa often, you know, got his burst off the snap and just plowed right through George Kittle, essentially kind of throwing him into the backs of the offensive linemen and instantly kind of in the same motion as throwing George Kittle into the offensive linemen, uh, tackled Tevin Coleman, still in the backfield. This, this, there was not a lot of delay here. It was just that fast. Um, tackled Tevin Coleman and instantly popped the ball out. And Emmanuel mostly was real close to the line of scrimmage who scooped it up and took it to the end zone for the score. So that is how Nick Bosa kicked off the one-minute drill today and that instantly ended the offensive chance on the very first play. And they got to run another uh, more successful attempt after the other two offenses went. But so that was how Nick Bosa kicked off his day-to-day, and he's been doing that on a daily basis. It was just the other day, I think it might have been yesterday, where they were doing a move-the-ball period, and on third down, Bosa beat Mike McGlinchey around the left side to get a sack. And then the next drive, where they got to go again, I think he beat Joe Staley inside for another sack. Or they, they, like I said, they all start to blend together. So Bosa's making waves. Yeah, well, I mean, that, that, and that's what we want. You know, um, you know we've missed on – some early round draft picks, you know, especially the Solomon Thomas and River Foster draft. So just to kind of see them having this type of success early on and, you know, continued success because it seems like every practice, you know, whether it's a sack or not, he's getting in there and, and he's, you know, making plays and, you know, and he's, you know, getting involved and he's beat Joe Staley. I mean, these are things that we, you know, we really wanted to see. And it's good to see it all come to fruition and, 
you know, man, I, I just can't wait to see the dude play, you know, ne- next Saturday. Right. And Bosa's, Bosa's biggest challenge will be, you know, playing on Sundays and being healthy and, you know, because he's had a couple of season-ending injuries to his name. So that'll be his big thing is just staying healthy. I think everybody was pretty convinced he was very talented. It's just a matter of staying healthy and, and stacking those days together. So, all right, moving on. I don't want to spend too much time on the news because then that's less time on our mailbag stuff. So um, Garoppolo's heating up. You know, he was a little inconsistent to start. Croc and I talked about that last episode. A little inconsistent, um, but he's started to kind of heat up a little bit. Now, you could take a little bit of that with a grain of salt. DeForest Buckter missed a couple practices. D Ford hasn't been out there. You know, maybe Garoppolo's getting a little more comfortable in a pocket that's not as pressured. But um, he was doing really well today. He went 14 of 21 throughout the team portions of practice. Uh, had quite a few deep throws on the very first play of practice during team drills. He lofted a beautiful deep ball all the way down the field basically hit Dante Pettis in the bread basket but he uh, Tavarius Moore and Jaquiski Tart were both pretty close it wasn't the most comfortable catch to make should he have caught it absolutely uh, but he dropped it in what would have been a touchdown but that was an awesome way for Garoppolo to kick off kick off the day he hit Kyle Juszczyk on a perfect deep throw I know he hit another to uh, Dante Pettis later he hit Tread Taylor a couple times so he's heating up he had a good day Ford, um, D Ford, the 49ers defensive lineman slash premier pass rusher, uh, is still sitting out of practice. I believe this is the third day he's missed. Um, Kyle Shanahan said after practice that Ford was given a uh, an injection in his knee to kind of help fight the tendonitis, which is, if you've never had tendonitis, um, being a former military guy, I've, I've had it. It sucks. It's really just your knee hurts, and there's not a whole lot you can do about it except for rest kind of recoup it's like nothing's torn it's just your muscles are tired of it essentially that's what they told me that your knee's just tired of doing it so it gets pissed off (laughs) and it and it just hurts so you know there's not it's a frustrating feeling you kind of just have to chill out give yourself some time to recoup you ever had tendonitis crocs nah it sounds painful i I haven't had any uh i don't know how much i can say right now i'm going through an injury settlement but yeah it sounds painful (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> well, I don't want to, I don't want to get, I don't want to get you, you to get in trouble here on the uh, on the striking old podcast, but you know whatever, whatever you can say. You can um, say. No, I don't. I don't have. I, I have never. I never have had tendonitis in, in any joints. Um, so I am fortunate of that. I have had other aches and pains all over, but right. <laughs> it's not. Not tendonitis. <laughs> the best way I can describe tendonitis was, and I'm sure Ford's is much more extreme than mine was. I mean, I used to run like crazy. I used to run like three miles every day and then 12 miles on Sundays. And then I got into the active duty part of the military where you're always carrying weight around and it just beats you up. And it, the best way I could describe it is or the most, the, when it became the most obvious is when I would walk upstairs. And when it came to the point where the majority of my weight was on my knee during the brief moment of taking a step up onto the next stair, um, it would either almost give out or it would just hurt really, really bad. Like they said, there was nothing torn. It just really sucked. And so that's kind of, you know, just gives you an idea of what Ford's going through right now. It's really frustrating because all they really told me, and this was a guy who ran every day, they just said, you got to stop running, bro. Like you can swim, you can be on an elliptical, do stuff that's low impact, but just take it easy. So that's how that was. So moving on, he's expected to be out for another week. Um, does Ford Crocker, does Ford even need training camp? Nah, he, he, he definitely doesn't. All we need Ford to do is on game day, go get the quarterback. You know, he knows how to prepare. Um, it sounds like this tendonitis thing is something he's been dealing with for a while now. So I'm pretty sure he knows how to, you know, at the very minimum, um, you know, what's what I'm looking for? monitor it right he knows how to monitor it he knows how to you know play with it um i'm pretty sure he knows exactly what he needs to do he probably said hey you go away in a little bit right now it's just getting his body in shape that that's the biggest thing right now that he can do for himself get in shape stay healthy it doesn't sound like it's something that's probably gonna get worse but it's not gonna get better uh so you know just let him do whatever he needs to do to you know make sure that week one he's ready to go get james winston Right, and I'm of the same opinion. And the guy's been around the league since 2014. He knows what he's he knows what he's doing. You know, he he doesn't necessarily need the the rigors of training camp to kind of build his NFL you know body up. I mean, there's you can always get into better football shape. 
but at the same time, it's, he's not a guy that's going to learn some new things during training camp. Uh, you know, he's had, uh, like last year during 2017, he only played six games. I believe he had a back surgery, you know, prior to his 2018 where he lit it on fire. So he's had some injury stuff in the past. And I know that the 49ers, if given the option, are going to going to take it easy on him. And we might not see him that much until week one. You know, maybe they, they give him a few little preseason action here and there, but it wouldn't surprise me if they really took it easy on Ford just because – you know, the amount of money they're paying him versus the amount of impact he's expected to have any reason to rush him. And uh, and he needs to be on the field, like you said, come week one, rushing that Jameis Winston. I like what they've done with um, how they've monitored, you know, guys with injuries and coming back from things, the pitch count that they've had guys on, including guys like Jason Barrett. Um, it seems like everybody, for the most part, uh, is healthy. They might have, like, little, you know, nicks and things here and there, but it's nothing that they, you know, if it was a game coming up, it's nothing that they can't play with. So the way the 49ers are monitoring these guys and, and uh, seeing, you know, doing what's best for the players, I'm all for it. I, I don't see anything wrong with it. So that's where I'm at with that whole thing. All right. So we've gone through pretty much all the news. We could get way more into it. You know, there's a ton of stuff to talk about during training camp time. But uh, I want to get to what this episode was was meant to be for, and that is your questions. Now, the way I'm going to handle this is I'm going to read each question that I have that was replied to on my tweet, and then I'll let Eric read the tweets that were replied to on his Twitter. Um, but every time I read a tweet, I'll give my thoughts. Actually, what I'll do is I'll read it. Uh, Eric will give his thoughts, and then I'll come behind him and add anything that maybe he, he didn't think of or maybe that I'm thinking. So let's start it off. Let me go over here to my, my mentions on my Twitter, which are always entertaining. Okay. So, member Crocker, I'm going to ask, you answer, and then if I got something else to say, I'll chime in too, whatever. So, Eric, would you question from Alex at a dual threat quarterback or QB, excuse me, would you rather have the 49ers make the playoffs for the next 10 years but never win the Super Bowl? Or would you rather win the Super Bowl this year but have the team be terrible for the next five years? I think that's an easy answer, but you tell me what you think. It's actually not that easy for me because, I mean, just – the way I am, like, even when the Niners, you know, were really good, going to the NFC Championship game, Super Bowl game, lost, the thing I appreciated most about that run was the 49ers being competitive and just giving me something to look forward to every week. So, you know, in, in that sense, if you're, you know, if I didn't know the outcome of the season, I would say I would pick the go far but not win the Super Bowl. Now, I guess if I had a choice, I'd say win the Super Bowl, but – as much in tune as I am, as you are, with everything that's going on with the 49ers, it would be really hard to sit through nine years of just a garbage team. So, yeah, I, I, I'm. you want that Super Bowl, but gosh, it would it, be really hard to sit through nine years of just watching track. Well, it, says, it says five years. It says for the Super Bowl one, it says oh, five, five years of being terrible. <sighs> So yeah, bro, it's I, tough. I, I, I get might, what you're saying. You always want to be competitive. Five years, I think I might, I might take that. I might take two <laughs> Right. Well, the thing is, is like the Steve Young said it best. Like, can somebody just please get this monkey off my back? You know what I mean? Because he finally went there, finally won a Super Bowl on his own on the 49ers. You know, stepping outside of Joe Montana's shadow. And I think that's just what the Super Bowl does for a lot of teams. Now, does it do that for the Patriots anymore? Absolutely not. They win all the time, so who cares? They don't. They don't have a monkey on their back. They're just doing it for the fun of it and Tom Brady's rings and all that good stuff. But it just solves a lot of problems in an organization to win a Super Bowl. gives people a little, gives people their job for a little bit longer, all that sort of thing. So I understand the, you know, the the importance of just constantly being competitive, which can save your job too. But also, you know, winning that Super Bowl is nice. It's a tough question, interesting question. I'd probably go with the Super Bowl. But, you know, you win a Super Bowl, and if you suck for the next five years, then people are still going to get fired. So, you know what I mean? Right. It's, it's, a little, it's a little crazy. So, all right, moving on to the next one. This is from DB at DB8522. Is O-line now the 49ers' weakest position group? Oh, that, that, that is a good question. Um, uh, no. That's what I would say is no. I, I, because they still do something extremely well. 
Like even if they're not the best pass protectors, they right. are really good at run blocking. Like extremely good. Right. So at least they still have something to kind of hang their hat on. So I, I'd have to say right now, you know, especially if we're going off what we know, not what we think is going to happen, I, I would have to say the secondary because there's still a lot of question marks. Even if you're optimistic, you know, it, there's still those question marks. Where with the offensive line, at least we know we'll be able to protect Jimmy G enough and we'll be able to run the ball. So, yeah, I, I would say the secondary, as of today, is still a little bit more on the weaker side. Right, and I agree. And you're you're dealing with an offensive line that, although Weston Richburg isn't center, isn't in the lineup right now, um, you got five guys. They're all returning for another year, which continuity and you know knowing each other's you know thoughts, but without having to speak them, is um, a very strong element for an offensive line. So those guys all coming back together, just in and of itself, makes them a strong group. Um, we'll see when Weston Richburg can get back in the, back in the mix. But I don't think they're the weakest position group. Um, I don't think they're the best position group. You know, they got they got some things going for them. I, I think it definitely could be worse. And like Crocker said, the fact that Jimmy Jimmy G gets the ball out so fast, um, they should be able to overcome whatever whatever weaknesses they got going. So next, we have Chuck Allen at Chuck Allen twenty two. What impact is Wes Welker having on the 49ers receivers? Thanks. You're welcome, Chuck. Go, Eric. Uh man. It is hard. It's hard to say. Um, just from you know, while we were out there, I would say the the coach that had the biggest impact on the receivers. I'd say Miles Austin. He seemed like the more vocal guy as far as uh, you know, just technique, uh, route depth, uh, you know, those type of things. It, it seemed like it was more Miles Austin than Wes Walker. But but you know, that that's just what I heard. I could be completely wrong. So um, yeah, I don't want to just, you know, make it seem like Wes Walker isn't saying anything. I, you know, I, I don't know. But just from, you know, us standing right there, watching them go through individual drills, watching them run routes, Miles Austin was the more vocal guy. Now, does that mean he's the better coach or he's making the biggest impact on the kids? I, I, I don't know. I don't know that. But just from what I saw, I would say, my, I would say Miles Austin. Yeah, I'm with you on that. I don't, I don't think – it's tough for us who, you know, at this point, we just watch practice. You know, it's, we don't, we're not in the meetings. We're not in the wide receiver room. We don't get to, to hear what the coaches tell them. You know, we can kind of hear the stuff on the field, but we really don't get to, to hear their coaching points and kind of see the development over time. Um, all we do is just listen to, uh, to kind of what other players or what the players will say about them when asked about them during media. And so far, everybody's been very, very complimentary of them, which you would expect. They're not going to tag talk bad about their coach to the media um, unless things have just gotten absolutely horrible. But um, they, they all seemed that they admire them. They admire their experience. They bring a ton of information to the room. They impose that information on the players and kind of empower them to, you know, they, they've, there's been all kinds of compliments about Wes Welkler and Miles Austin, the, mainly about the fact that they've been there. They've done that. They offer their experience. So, you know, but before we get to our next question, um, we have to give a shout out to one of uh, Blue Wire sponsors, ShipStation. Um, so when you're selling online, getting your orders out can be a real pain. That's why you need ShipStation.com. It's the fastest, easiest, and most affordable way to manage and ship your orders. No matter what you're selling, whether it's Amazon, Etsy, your own website, ShipStation brings all your orders into one simple interface. ShipStation helps you get orders out quickly, save money on shipping costs, and keep your customers happy. And right now, Blue Wire listeners, that's you guys, can try ShipStation free for 60 days when you use promo code BLUE, B-L-U-E. There's absolutely no risk. You can start your free trial without even entering your credit card information. ShipStation works with all the major carriers, including USPS, FedEx, UPS, even Amazon Fulfillment, so you can compare and choose the best shipping solution for you and your customer. Uh, no wonder ShipStation is the number one choice uh, of online sellers. You'll ship more in less time with the best rates available. Just visit shipstation.com click on the microphone at the top of the homepage and type in blue that's shipstation.com then enter promo code blue shipstation.com make ship happen <laughs> you, you, got, you gotta love a good tagline so that's that was ShipStation. so moving on. okay back to our questions 
pardon the interruption, but we got to give a shout out to the people that are out here supporting the Blue Ryer. Um, okay, this is a good one. You read that very well, too, by the way. You read that very well. That was, I mean, that was one take. Thanks, man. Yeah, yeah. That, that was not pre-recorded, folks. That was that was right here, right here live. So maybe I have a future in, in reading advertisements if I didn't sound like Ray Romano or Kermit the Frog or something. But um, so, so here's a good one. You'll enjoy this one. Why? Okay, this is from Why You Can't Eat It Cold? Question mark. At Hurricane underscore Heck. If oh wait no, excuse me. We'll get to his question. I don't want to skip this question. Um, at Ellert Nick, uh, cut one, trade one, and make and one makes the roster. So cut one, trade one, and one makes the roster. Julian Taylor, defensive lineman. Adrian Colbert, safety, or James, wide receiver. So you have to cut one, trade one, and one makes the roster. Well, I, I really like what Richie James has to bring to the table. So I'm going to keep Richie James. And he's shown uh, that he has the most uh, – what's, what's the word I'm looking for? At least he's ran, a, he's ran a touchdown back. I mean, a kickoff return back for a touchdown, right? Like he's done that. He had a big play against the Raiders. Um, you know, his big plays have been kind of far and few in between, but uh, there, there's something there, and it looks like there's something to build off of. So I, I'm going to keep him. He's going to make the roster. Who I'm going to trade is Colbert. Uh, I'm trading Colbert. Um, he showed some flashes his rookie year, but hasn't shown much since. And someone else might value him, maybe in a better scheme that's suited for him. So... I'm going to trade him and Julian Taylor. I'm going to cut him just because, you know, I mean, what he had a good preseason game against the Cowboys last year. Um, and outside of that, I don't know. We're just extremely deep on the defensive line. So, yeah, he got to go. All right. I think, I think that was good. And I think for the most part, I agree with you, but just to switch things up, just to switch things up, given the fact that we have no idea who's going to start at free safety. I'm going to keep Adrian Colbert just for the sake of a little bit more depth, a little bit more, you know, if he's going to earn the starting job, then you need him there. You know what I mean? He, he's, he's still getting starting reps. He could very well be the, the 49ers starter come week one. So I'm going to keep him. Um, I'm going to trade Richie James. And this, like I said, this is just me trying to be a little bit different from Croc here. Richie James has shown just enough to have some trade value. Anybody who returns a kickoff for a touchdown immediately has value around the NFL. And all these uh, NFL teams would need to do is to check Twitter, you know, at Eric underscore Crocker uh, to see what Richie James is capable of. You know what I mean? He can, he can play receiver and he's, you know, got plenty of, of, he's young enough to where they can refer back to that college tape and know what they're getting. So I think he's got some trade value and like, Mike Crocker, I think I would probably cut Julian. No offense, he's had a actually pretty good training camp. He's shown off during one-on-ones, but the amount of depth the 49ers have at defensive line, they they would lose him and not skip a beat because he's not really seeing a whole lot of regular season action. So moving on, still got quite a few questions left. Um, so now we're at, at Hurricane underscore Heck. If it were up to y'all, who would be our starters in the secondary, including nickel corner? Eric, go. Oh, uh, so it would be, uh, you know, uh, Sherman on one side. Of course. Yeah, kill on, on the other side. But in dime situations, I would love to be, bring in Verrett. I'm just going off of what I've seen so far in training camp. Um, that could change come preseason time. And, so you're saying when there's like a four wide receiver right. set. Um, okay. There's also gotcha. some matchup stuff I would like to do with Verrett, but that's, that's for another day. Um, so yeah. Uh, Kawhi Williams in the slot because I think he's a tremendous slot, great value against the run, especially against a team like the Rams who live in uh, 11 personnel. And then the safety position, Tart. I like him at strong safety, whether he's in the box, whether he's, you know, they're doing a little rock and rolling and having him back. And then Eric Berry, even though he's not on our <laughs> roster. Yeah, what I've seen so far from what I've seen so far in training camp, I'm not overly impressed with, um, you know, what we've seen from the free safety spot. I don't know if I can trust Jimmy Ward. Um, I It looks like I can't trust Adrian Colbert. Uh, Tarverius Moore sounds like he's just not ready to be an NFL safety. That's the words of our coach, uh, Salah. 
I'm going to get Eric Berry. Okay, so we had in the middle of that question, we had the 49ers making a huge free agency splash way late in the process, bringing in a starter, free safety. That's interesting. I think my answer would be the exact same as Crocker's, except I guess for now, I'd probably go Adrian Colbert at free safety. Uh, Jimmy Ward is coming in. You know, he'll come back, and I know the 49ers are going to instantly want him in there, but he hasn't proven a whole lot as far as staying healthy. Um, so I'll go Adrian Colbert for now with the possibility that Moore kind of gets some looks, you know, as things go on and as he becomes a little accustomed to to that role. So I think Tavarius Moore could definitely work his way into there. I think it's a little too soon to say, oh, she's be the starter week one. But he's, he's you know, he's been getting a lot of reps there, and I think the 49ers are perfectly – okay with kind of waiting him out and letting him develop as more of a free safety, even though that's what he was in college. So, all right, moving on. So we're at 33 minutes. We can go till about 45 and then Kevin Jones will start yelling at us. So we got about 12 minutes. Okay. Could, this is from at Tony, you up at Tony letter U O P. Could Marcel, Marcel Harris and Tart work as our starting safeties. what you think? Uh, Did you say Eric Berry? No, <laughs> Marcel Harris and Tart. Oh, okay. Yeah, I What's mean. What's going Eric Berry? Yeah, nah, nah. Eric Berry. That's where I'm on right now. I, I just have to see something. You know, my biggest thing is just can you, at least, can you knock some, tip some balls? Can you get a pick? I know um, Harris, if I'm not mistaken, he was involved in the interception, what, maybe yes, yesterday? Um, I don't know. It's a good question. Oh, okay. Yeah, well. Yeah, um, you know, I'm just not sold on our safety position. So, I mean, you know, just talking about it, I, I guess, yeah, if I, if I had to live with those guys, um, two energetic, you know, yeah, high-energy type safeties that have um, the athletic profile that you're looking for to play um, either spots at safety, but just the the production that I'm looking for has been lacking. So um, that's my biggest thing. I know I'm kind of being hard on Colbert. I think it's because I expected so much from him last season. And I was a little let down. So um, right now I'm just kind of, you know, we'll see what happens. But uh, so far what I've seen through training camp hasn't been all that encouraging. So, yeah, man, you know, it's just tough. You know, I think ideally, you know, you, you wouldn't want Corbett and Harris to be the starting. Safety. Right. So, no, it was it was Harrison Tart, bro. Oh, Harrison Tart? It was Marcel oh, Harris. Okay, I must have read that. Corbett yeah. be on my brain. Um, yeah, then uh, – Sort of. I mean, Tart played a little bit of free safety at the beginning of last season. Had that one-handed interception. I do, and I like Tart. I I said it. Yeah, I said it, maybe on my podcast, or, but um, I feel like Tart right now is our best single high safety that we have. The the issue is he's also our best box safety. And, and then the other issue is you know he just needs to stay healthy as well, but. Tart Tart is our best. If you go back and you watch, just think of, um, was it the first? Yeah, the first Sh- Shanahan season, one of the first few games. I think maybe War was coming back from an injury, or you know we had like Lorenzo Jerome back there. But um, Tart started at single high. You talked about that one-handed interception he caught against the Panthers. He also missed the open foot tackle for a touchdown, but we don't want to talk about that. Um, but um, if you go back to the Seahawks game, which was like week two or week three, oh, man, he was lights out from his single high safety position. Um, he, he can definitely play, and, and I think he can play the best on our team. The issue is, again, he's also our best box safety. Could the, could Marcel Harris and Jaquiski Tart be the two safeties? Absolutely. You put Marcel Harris in the box, you put uh, Jaquiski Tart at free safety, and let the chips unfold how they may even though chips don't really unfold, but whatever. Um, so they, they could do it. It's just, you know, I think the 49ers are hoping for uh, for Tart to be the start on safety and Marcel Harris to be his backup. I think that's where things are going right now. But, okay, so I have to acknowledge this next question because I appreciate for him for sending it in. But once I read the question, you realize it would take way too long to answer. So um, Leighton Pahukulua, Pahukulua. I want to get this. Pahukula. Got it. Close. <laughs> Probably not right, but close. If you were the coach or GM of this current team roster, how would you, who would you keep on the active roster, practice squad, stash on the pup or IR, and cut? Maybe even trade if there was a place that has realistic value. Okay, so me and Crocker could go over our 45-minute time limit on just that question. So I appreciate the question, but we're going to have to skip it because that is intense. 
that is a 53-man roster. Are there any? Are there any quick like off the top of your head? Are there any names where you just know like you know what this guy might not be, make the roster, but I would like to possibly stash him on the practice squad. Um. Well. There's Malik Henry, the wide receiver you and I have both been kind of admiring. I think he's destined for the practice squad. Um, trying to think of some other guys at other positions that I could see them trying to keep around. Um, Jordan Thompson on the defensive line has been pretty good. Uh, he could be somebody that they try and squeeze in there. Um, I can't. Can you think of any that come off the top of your head? Yeah, I mean, Malik Henry, that, that was the first name that came to my head. Um, he just seemed like he's like primed for like a practice squad spot um outside of him uh probably our running back uh 41 wilson yep, yep um he's another guy oh and the rice running back the rice running back is intriguing he's not like the other guys um but but he's intriguing intriguing so you have him uh you know possibly one of those two guys which they probably would lean towards wilson but walter you know, correct walter yeah walter okay. so, so yeah him from rice um i like him and then Hmm. Yeah, outside of that, I, I, I don't know. Because there's a lot of guys that have just kind of been here. And then it's like, well, you know, maybe a guy like, you know, Taylor, we talked about him on the defensive line. He, he could be somebody that possibly, uh, you know, can you know, make the practice squad. But I, I don't know. There's kind of a lot of buzz around his name, but, you know, who knows. Well, yeah, and it's – you got to realize, too, that for somebody to not make the practice squad, they have to be claimed by another team, and that other team has them on their their active roster. Because you know all these cuts happen as the team's cutting down to fifty three. So if you're going to claim a guy that's been cut, uh, it's he's he's going to have a spot on your active roster, which is hard for teams to do. All right, so we're narrowing down on time. We got about six minutes left. So um, next one, this uh, at Twineloy thirty asked, "What's the deal with D Ford?" We went over that. So appreciate the question. Uh, you've already gotten your answer. You would have heard it earlier. Okay, next one at Tony. You up? Uh, we are. I think I already answered one from him. Um, but real quick, does Tavarius Moore remind you of Merton Hanks? <laughs> Probably just because they're tall and skinny. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, no, not at all. Hanks, Merton Hanks is one of a kind, man. That guy. It's I, hard to, you know, it's hard to compare guys like that because we we got to watch a lot of Merton Hanks and we've been, we've seen very little of Tavarius Moore. So to, to, to kind of compare the two, it, it's a little unfair to Tarverius more, really. Okay, so Daniel Gomez, at the at real Daniel Gomez, at real deal Gomez, excuse me. Secondary struggle creating turnovers last year, this year in camp, seems to be an issue again. Should we be worried? No. Not yet. Too early to be worried especially with the way the pass rush is kind of seeming like it's, it's taking a step up. So um, next one, all team ACL at pale complexion two <laughs> is good when having a bad camp or just being outshined. I think it's, it's, it's not even so much that he's having a bad camp or outshined. I, I think it's just, um, I think he's doing well, but it, it doesn't not, uh, it's kind of hard to explain. Is he doing anything that would make me say I 100% have to keep him? I would say no. Um, but I'm not. But that's not to say that he's doing bad or being outshined. Does that make sense? No, it does. It does. He's been decent. You know what I mean? He's made plenty of, of good catches, and 49ers quarterbacks have been looking his way pretty consistently. Uh, he hasn't made any of those huge deep receptions that, that we were kind of used to seeing, whether it's during the season or uh, at camp that or the earlier camps he's been in. So um, hasn't necessarily – it definitely hasn't had a bad camp, bad camp. Maybe been outshined a little bit, but not too much. Okay. Um, Ruben at RL negative asks, is there any hope at all for our secondary this season? We kind of already answered that. I think the qu- the answer is definitely yes. You just, we just kind of have to wait. You know what I mean? We just kind of have to wait on it and see what's going to, they're going to benefit it from the pass rush. And they look like they're kind of getting into a little bit of groove. Uh, we'll see about those free safeties though. All right. Next one, Steven Castellano at Steve Castellano, who's on the bubble at the wide receiver, wide receiver, wide receiver position and who makes the roster. So, I mean, we kind of already hit that one too, but who would you say is like on the bubble, could make it, could get cut? Uh, I guess one, uh, Richie James, right? Um, I really like sure. him a lot, but shoot, maybe Shanahan and guys don't. And maybe they value 
um, other skill set or body sizes more than Richie James. Uh, maybe they really want to roll with Goodwin, and if you're going to roll with Goodwin, there's not much of a reason to have Richie James when the battle is as tight as it is. So, um, yeah, I would say Richie James. And then, like, you know, Jordan Matthews, where I, I, I mean, I don't know about you. I haven't seen anything that just stands out to say, hey, he's better than this guy, this guy, this guy. I, I thought from the beginning for Jordan Matthews to make the team, he had to be better than the guys we have. And I haven't seen that. I, I don't know about you and what your opinion is on him. But, you know, would I rather keep Jordan Matthews over – born Richie James, good win because he's taller? Like, no. I, I wouldn't. Right, right. And then uh, what do you what do you think about Kendrick Bourne? Well, you know, that, that that's my guy. Okay, so this is my thing with Kendrick Bourne. Everybody talks about development, right? And developing these guys. Hey, we got this guy, let's see how he develops. You saw Kendrick Bourne year one. He didn't start uh you know, he started a few games. Um, he didn't catch a ton of passes. I want to say maybe like 16 uh, catches on the year, um, right? So then you go into year two. You're hoping that he matures a little bit more and all that. You, you hear the things about maturity. But he goes on to kind of be steady. I, I'm not saying like a number one receiver or anything like that, but he was steady, 43 catches, around 500 yards, four red zone touchdowns, which everybody says, oh, 49ers need red zone help. He had four red zone touchdowns. Um, and he's going into year three, so he's progressively getting better. And then you fast forward to this training camp, and to me, again, he has looked solid. In the opportunity opportunities he's gotten, he has done well with them. You talked earlier about Trent Taylor getting seven targets in one practice. Like, I, Bourne doesn't get targeted that much. But with the targets he gets, he's been pretty good. He's been very reliable. So, yeah, that, that that's, the, that's, the, you know, that's the reason why I, I like him, and I would keep him over other guys, especially the guys like, Jordan Matthews, I, I think he brings a much more dynamic skill set to the 49ers receiving core. you also have been developing him. He's your guy. And people want uh, Matthews because of the red zone and Bourne have four red zone touchdowns. So, yeah, that's my uh, argument for Kendrick Bourne over a guy like Jordan Matthews. Right, and I think you're right on you're right on on the money with all that about Bourne. He's been pretty, and he's had a pretty impressive camp. He's in the past few days. Today he was a little quiet, but the past few days he's I wouldn't say he's been dominant, but he's he's owned every single one of his one on ones. He runs great routes. He has sticky hands. Uh, the quarterbacks trust him. He's a consistent target. They'll throw to him in tough situations where he has to you know either get down or go up or you know dive excuse me, dive for the ball. So they've been perfectly willing to target him really often. So it, he would seem like a pretty significant loss for the wide receivers. Um, you know, can they do without him? Of course, he's on the bubble. But he's shown he's proven a lot, and I think he's kind of earned a little bit of a place on this team. But we'll see if, if the coaches feel the same way. So, all right, next one. We have Brandon Harvey at Kelly Bear for Life. How much of a role will Jalen Hurd have this season? What do you think, Croc? What have you seen for him, and, and what kind of role do you think is he going to have? I haven't seen enough to where it's like, okay, we just have to play him. Um, I have seen a skill set that I expected to see, um, just not as involved as I, I, I would like. Um, I, I think this is like, you know, he's definitely going to make the roster. Obviously, he's a third-round pick, but I, I think he's he'll be more of a, a the inactive guy for most of the season unless there's an injury. So that that's just kind of how I view him. He'll be the inactive guy. And if he is active, then I think they'll find different ways to use him. But I just don't think right away he 100% has to dress up on game day. Not just judging off of what I've seen so far. Now, you know, a, a lot can change. He can go into the Cowboys game and get a bunch of targets, and it's like, okay, wait a minute. Maybe we need to incorporate him a little bit more. But as of right now, I would say he he's possibly the, the inactive guy. Right, and I agree with you on that. And I was uh, I was talking with some of the other beat writers, and they said that they felt like there was a good chance that Hurd would be one of the inactive guys, just because he's a little less established. He hasn't started, you know. He's still even learning the the wide receiver position, so there's still a lot of work left for him to do there. Um, so let me get our next question here. We are running out of time. We're going to try and get to a few more. We're already going over. We're already going to get yelled at, but it's all good. So let me see. At or excuse me, Carlos, at C-A-L-O-E-S. What's your feel about the linebacker group? Strong enough? What do you think, Croc? 
Yeah, I mean, you know, I think people kind of put a little bit too much uh, value into the, I don't want to say too much value into the linebacker position, but it's not a position that has to be, like, extremely deep. So you have Quan Alexander, you have Fred Warner, cool. Then you have a guy like um, Dre Greenlaw, who can be a core special teamer, but also it sounds like he can cover, he can do some things. So you have a nice, whether he's a Sam or whether he fills in for a guy, you know, that's injured, maybe Alexander or Warner, I, I think you're fine there. Now, are, are you great? No, you know, nobody's – it's not Will, Willis and Bowman back there, but I think they are guys that can do the job well enough to where I don't think that linebacker is an issue. Okay, so I'm looking at a few of these other questions, and a couple of them are ones that we've already um, answered. So here's the last one. Kind of already talked about it at Niner Hive. says, do you think the 49ers will regret not addressing the free safety position? It seems like Moore isn't ready, and Colbert hasn't done that good so far in camp. And I think this is a probably a good one to end on. It's, you know, we've kind of talked about it a little bit, but we can you know, just give our final thoughts. Yeah, okay, so I'll go a little bit more in depth and I'll try to make it quick. I I completely understand why they did what they did. You know, I did a mock draft early um, in the whole offseason and um, I did not have the 49ers taking the safety. I figured if it was not Earl Thomas, I did not believe the 49ers would add a safety, especially after um, signing Ward. The reason why is because you have Colbert and Colbert showed flashes of what he could be. Now, the goal would be to get Colbert to be more consistent. But if he's not going to be consistent, okay, I have a word to fall back on and if he's not injured. And if I need to address it next year, then, then yeah. So just the way that the roster was kind of playing out, I knew that they were not going to address it. Now, now we're in camp and we get to see it. And it's like you were hoping Colbert would take that next step. So far, it looks like he has not taken that next step. So now, and then you have Tarverius Moore, who is not ready. That's what Salah said. And then you have Ward, who's hurt. So now, is that, okay, what can we do to kind of salvage this situation? That's when I would kind of bring in, uh, you know, Eric Berry. And that's just my person. You know, you get him for the cheap. Um, now, now, the issue is, if you do bring in Eric Berry, who do you cut? And that's the issue that the 49ers coaches are having. You can't have it both ways. You can't say, hey, I want Eric Berry, but then I get to keep everybody. And when I say, who do you cut, it ha- you have to cut somebody that you planned on making your roster. So, yeah, there's a, the Robinson kid, right? Um, he's number 49. Um, Robinson probably isn't going to make the roster anyways. He has a long shot to begin with. So, if, Ro- if Robinson wasn't going to make it, he doesn't count. It has to be somebody that you predicted would make the roster. And who do you predict will make the roster? Are, are the 49ers going to cut Colbert? Are they going to cut Jimmy Ward? Can't you cut Jimmy Ward? I mean, they paid him $5 million and it's pretty much guaranteed for the year. So you can't cut Ward. I don't see them cutting Colbert. Um, maybe Marcel Harris? Like, it would have to be someone that they, they, that they kind of like. And that's the issue that they're having. And that's why they haven't jumped on bringing in a Trey Boston right now or an Eric Berry right now. You have to cut somebody that you really like. Now, what you can possibly do is stash one of those guys that you like on IR, uh, a Marcel Harris, put him, or start him off on the pup list or something like that, and that would allow you to make room for a guy like Eric Berry. But as far as them not fully addressing the safety position, I, I understand it because there there is potential there and you don't want to bring you didn't want to bring somebody in and just throw all the potential out the window and not really see what you have with some of the other guys. Right, and I agree with that. That was my that was my take throughout the season, or excuse me, throughout the off season. Is they just had a few competitions that were left to be decided. They had some players like Jimmy Ward that, although he's been injured, they really like him. Adrian Colbert showed some serious flashes as a rookie that he could easily get back to. And you want to kind of see see these things play out throughout a training camp. You just don't want to immediately stunt a player's development um, with. Um, with your team or a player's role with the team because you immediately bring in a free safety and it kind of just crushes that that player's, you know, you might have to cut that player. So there has to be patience with these guys. There has to be some, there has to be a sense of patience. It, you know, it, it's not going to be just instant success overnight, right? It, it's not going to be just, um, you know, all, all of a sudden this, this guy is, um, you know, just super good. He, the players go through ups and downs. And the fans, because they want to win so bad right now, 
they're not willing for you know to allow some of these guys to go through their ups and downs, and, and that's been kind of the issue. Now with me, I, I, I again I saw the potential of Colbert. My thing is this is year three, and what I saw in training camp now leads me to believe you know what maybe I, I possibly do have to address these this position because the same things are happening, things that you hope that he would improve on. So that's just kind of my uh, spill on that situation right now. All right, so we have to wrap things up, unfortunately. We still even have some questions to get to. Get to. We appreciate you guys sending those in. Um, it means a lot. Me and Croc are going to do these mailbag podcasts often. So, you know, the questions we missed, we will get to them soon. I promise I'll earmark them. We'll come back to them. I don't want you guys to feel like you shouldn't ask a question because we're not going to get to it. Uh, we're just getting the hang of – meeting these time deadlines just to clue you in. We're at 53 minutes. We were supposed to end at 45 minutes. So probably going to get yelled at, but I mean, I don't think anybody's going to plain complain about more good content. So that's what we're trying to bring you guys. Um, again, you are listening to striking gold. It's a brand new 49ers podcast on the blue wire network. You have me, Rob Lauder, you have Eric Crocker, and then you have Kevin Jones who runs the whole blue wire network who will be jumping on here from time to time. Um, we appreciate you guys listening. Uh, it means a lot. We're all, I, mean, I know me and Croc and Eric, uh, Kevin, we're all excited to bring you guys this. So, uh, again, thanks for listening. Thanks for being here. Uh, this is Striking Gold, and we are signing off. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.